Today, we'll talk about the keys to victory for Florida's football for their offense and defense against Missouri for tomorrow's game. Then we'll preview the Florida Gators women's basketball game tonight versus Grambling State at 6 p.m. Eastern time, only here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. This episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. Happy Friday. I am Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. I'm also the founder of Whole9Sports.com. You can find all of my written work. And looking at tomorrow's game, the Florida Gators take on the Missouri Tigers. And what are the offensive keys to victory here? I mentioned this yesterday. Get the ball to the sidelines. So not get, get the ball to the sidelines. Missouri is a blitz heavy defense. We know that's a fact. It is as simple as that. We know that for an absolute fact. Missouri is a very blitz heavy defense. So you got to stress them out. You got to stretch them out. And that's how Florida can do it. Missouri sends five or more rushers on 42% of their plays, which is insane. So they are going to consistently send pressure. How do you get around that? Wide receiver screens, bubble screens, whatever. Either way, I don't care. Wide runs, draws, let the pressure get upfield, then let the pressure get downfield, I guess, or upfield, and then you get the opposite, whichever way you want to describe it. But you got to let the pressure come in and then go with a draw. With wide zone runs, the purpose is to get around the blitz with the possibility of creating an explosive play, then increasing significantly. We'll talk more about creating explosive plays in just a second. But when they blitz, you got to get around them or buy them quick and then just try to outrun them as much as you can. When they don't blitz, Cover three is a very common call for the Missouri Tigers. So at that point, bubble screens, wide receiver screens, that's how you beat them there. Is you just you get the ball quick and then you go to upfield, especially cover three. They're probably going to already be sagging off a little bit unless they're playing that Seahawks press cover three, which I doubt they're going to be doing much against us. So I would suspect that, or I would expect that we get the ball to the sidelines as quick as possible and make a play at that point. So wide receiver screens. Bubble screens, wide runs, Florida, wide runs. I Last time I told you this, you didn't do it, but they worked. Whenever you did it, they worked. I'm just saying, do it more. And draws should be something that we look into getting going. Running backs creating plays is another thing to look at. I know this could be said for just about and any game, any ball carriers, any, any situation. You can say, it's, hey, creating plays, that's probably important, which... Duh, creating plays is pretty important. It's football. But Missouri is a team that they don't miss tackles frequently, unlike the team from Gainesville here that we're talking about. Um, but Missouri doesn't miss tackles that frequently. Our running backs are exceptional creators. Being able to create plays, create positive plays out of losses or gains of nothing, or well, not gains of nothing, but no gains. So being able to create positive plays out of nothing, be able to create something out of nothing is huge. And the Florida Gators running backs specifically 
uh, they should be a huge focal point of the offense here. I, I don't care if it's running the ball, passing it to them, because again, when you got a blitz heavy defense, if you just pass it to the flats quickly, that's a solid strategy to get extra yards, quick completions, quick gains, easy gains, and make the defense make adjustments to you. In which case, at that point, you could take deeper shots. And I mentioned yesterday, hey, you know, they blitz a lot. And usually, when you look at a blitz heavy defense, there are two ways to beat it. Usually, it's get the ball out quick and get the ball, you know, horizontal quick, or keep an extra blockers and challenge vertically. I don't think that's what the Gators are going to do because, well, have you watched the Gators this year? That's not what they're going to do. So, and I'm fine with that because I don't think that's our strength when Emery's here. So I'm totally content with get the ball out quick, get the ball horizontal, and then let your, your let your playmakers make plays. That's totally fine. The final key to victory is key in on Isaiah McGuire, the edge defender for Missouri. McGuire comes into this game with the most pressures in the game. He's got 33 out of all active players in this game. That is the most. That is nine more than second place in the game. And Florida's leader, Zachary Carter, in about 50 less pass rush attempts. So pretty significant to say that, yes, Isaiah McGuire is finding a lot of success this year. He also just had one hell of a game against South Carolina last week, so he is on fire, trending upwards more, which is great. He's got a pass rush win rate of basically 20%. So every five pass rush attempts, he's getting in at least once on average, of course. So he's great there. And guess what? He's also a pretty damn good tackler because uh, he doesn't miss often once he gets his hands on defenders, uh, once he gets his hands on ball carriers. So Isaiah McGuire is having himself one hell of a year. And I don't think that Florida is going to, uh, you know, want to go directly at him. So I'd imagine that when you are past, when you're throwing the ball, you keep either a tight end, whether it's Kamari Zamble or Keon Zipper, or you keep in a running back, which I think in this case, I realize I say often, oh, play, play Damian Pierce more. I think we see Damian Pierce play more this week than usual, primarily because he's such a good pass blocker, and Isaiah McGuire will likely feast on our offensive line. So keeping Damian Pierce back there to pass protect, I think is actually going to be pretty crucial to the success of the Gators on Saturday. Well, tomorrow now. <laughs> so I think it's going to be pretty crucial. I think he's also not a liability in the passing game as a receiver, so you can check it down to him. So I'd imagine that Damian Pierce would will play a lot of snaps, even if he might not get a lot of carries or might not make a huge impact on the stat sheet. I think Damian Pierce is going to be a key to victory and a key for this Florida offense. I'd also imagine that if we see some split zone read from Florida, which we do often, you guys know I love the split zone read, then the tight end sweeping across, whether it's Kimura Gamble, which he usually is, or Keon Zipperer, I think that, you know, Isaiah, uh, Isaiah McGuire will be the read man here. So he will be the guy that Emery reads or Anthony Richardson reads and decides if they keep it or hand it off. And I think that when the tight end sweeps across to take someone out, I think it's going to be Isaiah McGuire because if he gets a hand on a quarterback, he's probably getting that tackle for a loss or a short gain, where if you can get your tight end late with the block and you can just hold them off a little bit, then we can see a quarterback break off a big run, which is something that we haven't seen a ton of in recent weeks. 
You guys know by now that I grew up around the block from McDonald's. I still live around the block from McDonald's, and I am going to be completely honest with you. I was inebriated last week, and I tried going to the McDonald's around the block from my house, only to realize it hasn't opened yet from renovations. And I don't want to admit how long I was outside the windows <laughs> waiting to uh, waiting to order at the drive-thru, because uh, I don't know about you guys, but we could walk into the drive throughs around here. So that's really fun. So that, that's what I'm just saying. When I was a kid, I used to go two to three times a week with my friends after school, play video games talk to the manager at McDonald's, talk sports, football, baseball, basketball, whatever. Maybe I was more into baseball then, not so much anymore. But I used to look forward to it all the time. It was a blast. It was one of my favorite things to do, which sounds creepy to say going to McDonald's is one of my favorite things to do. But hey, screw it. We ball. I might pick some up for dinner tonight. I uh, got vacation coming up, though, so I might not want to. But hey, I don't I don't know. I'm, I'm a weak man. I don't know what to tell you. And I might just celebrate the weekend. Head to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. Did someone say Locked On Gators watch party? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm loving it. Thanks again for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available free and daily wherever you listen to podcasts and on YouTube. Looking at defensive keys to victory here, I think this is going to be a very cover two or cover two man heavy day from Florida. Uh, Missouri only throws the ball 20 plus yards downfield on roughly 12% of their passes. It's like 11.8%. So roughly 12% of their passes go 20 or more yards downfield from the line of scrimmage. Uh, That's less than Emery Jones, who we know how I feel about him when he's that quarterback. I like him, but I think he's way too conservative throwing the ball downfield. He's He throws it 20-plus yards downfield about 14% of the time. So it's close, but again, Missouri throws it downfield less than him. And at that point, it's like, well, why not just play cover two men or straight up cover two or cover one man? I, you know, I, I think it's going to be a big day. I, I think it's primarily going to be cover two, just straight up like the zone cover two. Um, if you play men, you know what I'm talking about. If you know more scheme, then you get it a little bit better at that point. But uh, I think the point here is to play cover two. Or not the point, but the goal is to play cover two and essentially force Missouri to try and push the ball deep downfield. Try to force them to throw it deep because you're going to have two over top, four rushers, and then you have five underneath defenders covering there. So that's an ideal strategy where it's like, hey, it's really crowded down here. If you want to find a passing lane, you're going to have to look further downfield. And I think at that point, when you force Missouri to throw the ball either deep down the sidelines or deep over the middle, Florida safeties, Trey Dean, Rashad Torrance, Jadarius Perkins, if he's back there, because I know Trey Dean might be blitzing sometimes, although Christian Robinson last week did not blitz a, did not blitz a safety a single time, so maybe that doesn't happen. But I, I think at that point when you're like, hey, you know, that's like you you got to throw the ball deep. Um, I don't think it's going to end up well for him or for Missouri. I think at that point, Rashad Torrance, Trey Dean, giving them the opportunity to make a play because you are forcing a bad quarterback to throw the ball deep downfield. I, I think that might be the strategy for Florida. And I think that should be the strategy for Florida going into this game. Play cover two, make them throw the ball vertically and make them make mistakes. I also think, I mentioned this one yesterday. I think that Florida's pressure is going to come primarily on the left side of the Missouri offensive line. Their left tackle, Javon Foster, has allowed 14 pressures this season. That is the most pressures of any lineman, of any offensive lineman in tomorrow's game against Missouri and or uh, on either side, Javon Foster has the most pressures allowed. So put either Brenton Cox Jr. or Zachary Carter over there and let them put in more, or even I know it's not going to happen, but I'm just saying, 
you could bump Javon Dexter out there. I think we're going to see a lot of Princely uh, tomorrow. I, I think that's what will happen. I think that we're going to see a lot of pressure coming from that left side of Missouri's offensive line, which I'm fine with because I think that that is another very good strategy. And I think you can do that as well without sacrificing that cover two zone and that cover two shell. You just shift the line. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to get into specifics. But basically, put one D lineman right over the right guard put one over the center or one in between the guard, right guard and right tackle, one over the center, and then have two guys basically on the left tackle and right outside the left tackle and just send them both in and make Missouri make some plays. That That's the gist of what I'm getting at. And the next big key to victory for the defense here, stay disciplined. And I'm not speak. I know every time I say stay disciplined, I'm like, I'm not talking about penalties. Well, guess what? I'm not talking about penalties here again. Missouri runs a good amount of RPOs, so run pass options, and play action plays. If you don't know RPO, it's usually what you see when you see it. It looks, it's pretty much indistinguishable from a play action in most cases where you you watch them read the end, and then you watch them throw a slant or a bubble or something very simple like that. Uh, Missouri does that quite a bit, and that's fine, you know, but I think staying disciplined is a good way to beat that, especially if you play cover two or cover one man, whatever it may be. I don't know why I said cover one man is that there's cover one zone, but cover two or cover one. And then you worry about that quick pass there because if you stay disciplined and you can clog up those passing lanes, that is the easiest way to stop the RPO. Again, this strictly speaking RPO, clog up the passing lanes, stay disciplined. Don't give them that slant. Don't give them the bubble. Don't give them the whatever they're looking for in the RPO. Just stay disciplined, stay in your assignment and play action. You can't bite on it. You can't give them an easy game because again, this is a team where we should be forcing them to throw the ball downfield. If you bite in on the play action and they want to take a deep shot, it's significantly more likely to hit specifically when you're looking at a deep shot, especially if the safeties come up and then we've got a little bit of an issue with the receivers running deep down the sideline or deep over the middle. That could be a huge problem for Florida. So I, I want to avoid that as an issue there. So keys to victory for the defense. Cover two heavy day. I, I realize I said you can do cover two. He's like straight up cover two, cover two man, cover one, whatever it may be. I think cover two is the best strategy to take when you are playing against Missouri. Uh, rush the left side of Missouri's offensive line. So right side of the defense. Because again, it's as if you're looking at it. If you're, When you're looking at the offense, it's as if you're standing behind them. When you look at the defense, it's as if you're standing behind the defense. So rush the left side of the Missouri offensive line, the right side of the defense, and stay discipline stay in your passing lanes do whatever it is you got to do if you're supposed to be the read man that's unblocked but do your job because if you're the read man that's unblocked odds are if you can get a hand up you can swat a slant away so that that's a very important thing we're staying disciplined i cannot stress it enough i'm not talking about penalties i'm talking about gap discipline your assignment discipline florida can win this game by a lot if they play a clean game they don't have to play exceptional have to play a clean game. And I think that this match, I know I said this against LSU, I think this matchup is really favorable for Florida, which usually means we're going to get blown out right now. But I think this matchup is favorable for Florida. I think that Florida can take advantage here, which is a little bit of discipline. And again, I'm not sold that Samford wasn't just a fluke. I'm not saying this is a great Florida team, but I am saying I don't think they're as bad as they looked defensively on Saturday. I think it was just growing pains with Christian Robinson as a new defensive co- uh, the new defensive coordinator, defensive play caller, whatever you want to call him. I think that that's been an issue, and I'm pretty confident in him and his ability to adjust going into tomorrow's game against Missouri. And I, I think Florida walks away with the win and becomes bowl eligible.
Anybody else make money this past weekend? I know that right before recording this, I literally just hit a parlay on Euro League basketball. So thank you. And the St. Bonaventure game also versus Boise State. That was included in there, and everything else was Euro League basketball. So I just want to say that Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Bet Online covers award shows. TV shows, reality TV, when aliens are going to attack, who they're going to attack first, if they attack ever, crazy stuff. With real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine, it is the best way to place your bets, and it's 100% free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts make sure to use promo code locked on that is l-o-c-k-e-d no space o-n for your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit i don't know about you guys but now that football season basketball season college basketball season women's college basketball season uh mlb season is over now but nhl is on now i'm i'm constantly watching sports is my point i'm constantly watching games and while watching games i'm constantly snacking whether it's sugary snacks or salty snacks i'm just snacking just know that Built Bar is what I've decided to snack on. I get it's more of a protein bar, but I use it as a snack because, frankly, I haven't worked out much recently at all. So, huh. <laughs> so I use Built Bar as my healthy alternative. Built Bar is the best protein bar on the market if you're trying to eat clean, but you've got a sweet tooth like me. That is no longer a problem. Built Bar is your low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber solution. You can even enjoy Built Bar if you're keto, remember to use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your next order. That is LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, to get 15% off of your next order at Built Bar or Built.com. Looking at women's basketball game versus Grambling State today, the Gators play Grambling State today at 6 p.m. Eastern time on the SEC Network Plus, which I highly recommend if you have it, watch the game. Like, support our women's basketball team, support our men's basketball team, support Support Gators sports whenever you can. And the women's basketball games are more exciting than you're expecting, I promise you. And honestly, that's even while saying this next bit. The Florida Gators women's basketball team, not playing like a good team right now. Plain and simple. I, I think they are a good team. I really like the players on this team. I do. I genuinely like looking at this roster. I like the roster. I like the makeup of the roster. I think they just haven't hit their stride yet. And they just haven't gelled yet. And I think that's fine too but they're not converting on nearly enough of their shot attempts and opponents are converting way too many of their shot attempts. And the same thing goes for three-point shooting. The Florida Gators women's basketball team has not converted on nearly enough threes as they should be. And they've been giving up way too many open threes themselves to opponents. The NC state game killed our stats. So it's hard to look at just stats and be like, Oh, this is different. Like Florida's barely, winning the rebounding battle so far this season that's including getting demolished on the boards against nc state so that's why i mean like yeah well i think florida's uh out rebounding opponents by on average 1.5 rebounds per game but against nc state they got demolished on the board absolutely massacred on the boards so i i think it's hard to look at team stats and argue anything about it because that nc state game was so bad but again that's a top five women's basketball team in all of college basketball so yeah we were going to get blown out we're an unranked team Luckily, Grambling State hasn't found much success from three either yet this season. So that bodes well for Florida's offense and Florida's defense. Because again, 
They gave up way too many threes, and Grambling State hasn't been able to convert on those. So that actually really works out well for Florida Gators women's basketball team. And I know I keep talking about it. I, I, I love this lineup. I think that this team is promising is what I'll say. That's I was, I was thinking about the word. It, promising is the word that I want to say. Grambling State has dominated the rebound battle on their side. So it is a slight worry that this game could turn into an NC State-esque game if Grambling State dominates on the boards again. But again, if, if we look at the Wofford game, for example, the last game the Florida Gators women's basketball played, they played pretty damn well on the boards. Their defense was better than it had been the entire season throughout the game. It was great. That third quarter was dominant defensively. Offense wasn't totally there, but um, defense was there. Overall, when I look at this team for this for tonight's game against Grambling State, when I look at the remainder of the season, I, I like the team. I think the Gators have a lot of potential. When you Again, when you look at the roster, it's a good roster. When you look at Jordan Merritt, Lavender Briggs, uh, Kiki Smith, Faith Dude, Floor Tunder, Nina Rickards, when you look at this team, it's a good roster that goes a solid 9 to 10 deep. And, I mean, you guys know if you pay attention to college basketball, college basketball roster is usually – play about eight and maybe nine players but florida gators women's basketball team has 10 players that i'm like okay i i could see them playing i could see them contributing and i could see them playing well and i think that's a very important thing to note i'm not sure what the lineup will look like at this point because the lineup constantly rotates so i'm not sure who the starting five is going to be but we know the general nine or ten that are going to play so that's fine they uh, the perimeter game needs to improve offensively and defensively. Offensively, the threes need to start falling and shot selection needs to improve. Defensively, and I realize it's a lot to be like, I realize it's a lot to ask, like, oh, just be better. I, I understand it's not that simple. But, you know, defensively, it is it is as simple as try harder. Because you look at the paint defense here. Faith Dute and Floor Tunders, both are six foot four. Both rotate in as the big women here as at the five spot. And both play tremendous paint defense. Faith Dude is better at blocking shots. Floor Tunder will literally just stick her hands up. And if you're in the paint, it's a like, good luck getting the shot up. So Floor Tunders does that. Faith Dude goes for swats. Honestly, like Faith Dude, I, I like what she does better than Floor Tunders because I'm a big block fan. So if I see the swat, I get pumped for it. The perimeter needs to pick up on that energy because usually when you look at a team and you go, wow, like their centers are killing it. It's like, okay, like, like they, they're supposed to get people amped up. Faith Dude, Floor Tunders playing fantastic paint defense and the perimeter is just not reciprocating there. So I think that energy needs to be pushed out from the paint to the perimeter and these, these girls really got to clean up. They, they really got to clean up on perimeter defense. Like Kiki Smith, Nina Rickers needs to get more aggressive. I feel like she was more aggressive defensively last year. I want to see it happen again this year. Jordan Merritt, Lavender Briggs, clean it up. It's a, it's as simple as just, just exert more effort because it doesn't seem like the, like the effort on the perimeter. Like you're not playing like your hair is on fire and I need you to play like your hair is on fire. Like I need you to be running around like a banshee at that point. You need to go nuts. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day every day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't miss out on Monday's episode. We'll have the full game review from Florida versus Missouri. Now make your second listen Lockdown Bets your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. Lockdown Bets, 
<clears throat> My lord, Locked On Bets hosted, I'm keeping that in, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from handicapping expert Lee Sterling. For Locked On Gators, I am Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. You can find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports, that's W-H-O-L-E-N-I-N-E Sports. And I will see you all, I guess, later today for Locked On Now and then tomorrow for Locked On Now. And then I will see you for a full episode on Monday.